Good evening. This is Patrick Donahue. Appreciate you listening every week at this same time to Bible Crossfire. If you have a Bible question or comment, just give us a call. The lines are wide open. While we're waiting on our first call, I thought we'd talk about sanctification. You know, there are two aspects to sanctification. Hebrews 13, 12 reads this way. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Notice that Jesus sanctifies us with his blood. But what does that word sanctified mean? It's kind of like a theological word. What does it mean? Well, according to Thayer, one of the more famous Bible dictionaries, sanctify means to purify, to free from the guilt of sin. Uh, it's talking about when you're forgiven, when you're cleansed spiritually from your sin, to purify, free from the guilt of sin. So we see from Hebrews 13, 12, then, that we are purified or made clean by the blood of Christ. That, that's what it says. Jesus sanctified the people with his own blood. So we can be forgiven of our sins only because Jesus died for us. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, puts it this way. Christ died for our sins. This is something God does for us. But the same basic Greek word translated sanctify in Hebrews 13, 12 is translated holy in 1 Peter 1, 16. Here's how that reads. God speaking says, be holy for I am holy. Now, this is something we're told to do, to be holy or to be sanctified, really. It's the same Greek word, same basic Greek word. You see, so there are two aspects to sanctification. One is what God does. He purifies us from our sins when we obey the gospel. The second is what we do. We must live a sanctified or clean or holy life. If you have a Bible question or comment, go ahead and call us. The number is 877-655-6755. If you have a Bible question or comment, Give us a call. The lines are wide open. The number to call is 877-655-6755. You know, I like how 2 Peter 2, verse 22, illustrate, illustrates these two important aspects. It reads this way. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. So this context is basically making a parallel. A Christian falling back into sin is said to be like washing a pig and then letting that pig go right back into the mud. What good does it do to wash a pig if you don't pin him up to keep him out of the mud? He's just going to get muddy again. The parallel being made is this. What good does it do for a sinner to be forgiven of all his sins if he's going to go right back to living the ways of the world? In either case, nothing is accomplished. When you have the pig that's washed, but it goes back into the mud, you didn't accomplish anything by washing him. Same way with a sinner. If he's washed from all his sins, but he goes back to the mud, goes back and lives in the ways of the world, nothing has really been accomplished. No, let's get back to these two aspects of sanctification. First, what God does for us, that's the washing of the pig. He forgives us of our sins based upon the death of Christ. Hebrews 9.22 says this, Without the shedding of blood is no remission. 
So without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. Matthew 26, 28, Jesus says, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So if you take these two verses in combination, we see there is absolutely no way we could be saved without the death of Christ. It wouldn't matter how many times we went to church. It wouldn't matter how many times we read the Bible from cover to cover. How many times we got baptized. It wouldn't matter how many times we helped a little old lady across the street. We can't be saved without the death of Christ. We owe everything to Christ spiritually. If you have a Bible question or comment, give us a call at 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755 is the number to call if you have a Bible question or comment. But just when does this washing away of sin take place? This washing away of sin done by the blood of Christ. We all agree the blood of Christ is what washes away our sins, but when does it wash away our sins? Well, in Acts 22, verse 16, Ananias told Saul, and I quote, And now why tarriest thou? Well, down here in Alabama, we wouldn't say it that way. We'd say, what you waiting on? And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So for the apostle Paul, it was not when he believed in Jesus on the road to Damascus. That's not when his sins were washed away, but it was three days later when he was baptized. Am I right? Saul believed in Jesus on the road to Damascus. He asked Jesus, what do you want me to do after he believed in Jesus? Jesus said, go into the city to be told you what to do. In the meantime, Jesus sent Ananias to Saul to tell him what to do. When he gets there, at least three days later, at least three days later after Jesus has appeared to Saul on the road to Damascus, at least three days after, three days later after Saul has believed in Jesus, he tells him to arise and be baptized and wash away his sins. So his sins were not washed away when he believed in Christ. His sins were not washed away until three days later when he was baptized. You see that? That's pretty clear. Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Many people will tell you, well, you're saved when you believe. Your sins are forget washed away by the blood of Christ when you believe. But we have a clear-cut case here of Saul of Tarsus, later became known as Paul, wrote practically half the books in the New Testament. It's his conversion account, which is in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, three times. And his sins were not washed away until he was baptized at least three days after he believed in Jesus. So we're not forgiven of our sins. We're not saved when we believe in Christ. We're not saved until we're baptized. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. It takes both. Acts 2.38 puts it this way. Then Peter said unto them, and this is some people who are believing in Christ, they're believers. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So we're not forgiven of our sins until we're baptized. We have to trust and obey, just like the famous hymn says. Now, if you have a Bible question or comment, please give us a call at 877-655-6755. 877-655-6755 is the number to call if you have a Bible question or comment. Now, we just read Acts 2.38, and that leads into my next point. The second aspect of sanctification is what we do. The first is what God does. He cleanses us from our sins through the blood of Christ. When we obey the gospel, 
The second active aspect of sanctification is what we do. As a Christian, we got to stay out of that mud. As a Christian, we must live a sanctified or holy life. Acts 2.38, as we just read, says a believer must repent and be baptized to get the remission of sins. So baptism won't do us a bit of good if we don't repent of our sins. Repentance here means changing our lives in regard to sin. We make up our minds to quit serving sin and start serving righteousness. Romans 6, 17 and 18 puts it this way. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. So when a sinner becomes a Christian, he commits to quit serving sin and start serving righteousness. And after we're baptized, after our sins are forgiven, God expects us to follow through on that commitment. God expects us to follow through on that commitment. After we're baptized, he expects us to live this new, sanctified, holy lifestyle. Remember 1 Peter 1.16? Be holy, for I am holy. Wayne from Texas, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Hey, yes, sir. You were just mentioning that you're not saved until you're baptized. But um, what about the thief on the cross? Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. All he did was say, hey, if you're the Savior, uh, remember me. No baptism, uh, no good works, but recognize Jesus as Lord. You know, is a, think about this, Wayne. You're saying, yeah, from the thief, maybe you don't have to be baptized to be saved. You feel like a person should be baptized, right? Well, I don't think it's a prerequisite to get into heaven. Yeah, but but were Adam and Eve ever baptized? Uh, no, sir, I don't think so. What about Noah and Abraham and Moses? Were they ever baptized? I'm sure Noah got baptized on that rainstorm, but... Yeah, I don't know but, if it was an official, but 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 the reason I'm saying that is I've got a grandmother that she had a daughter that was saved as a young age, and she died in between their setting of the baptism and her salvation. She got spinal meningitis and died in three days. I believe she's in heaven, and she never seen the baptism of the water. Wait, Wayne, but let me finish my point here. You okay. agreed with me that Adam and Eve were never baptized. Moses was never baptized. Well, Abraham was never baptized. Why didn't they ever get baptized? Well, that's under the old covenant. I think we're okay. living now under the new covenant. Which covenant did the thief on the cross live in? Well, the minute that Jesus accepted that sinner, I don't think that the baptism is a prerequisite to get into heaven. I think but, if, if, but I, I, if, wait, if I hold, can talk to some old man and tell him, wait, say, wait, hey, wait, hold on a minute. Not, hold on. Mm-hmm. I, you've already, okay. I know you've already stated that. Remember, I've, I'm limited on time. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm limited okay, on yes, time. Sir. Yes, sir. But, but what covenant did the thief on the cross live under? I asked you that question and then you started telling me something else. What covenant right. did the thief on the cross live under? The people on the cross was still pre- of Jesus dying, so I'm sure they were still under the old covenant. And so so you understand that Adam and Eve weren't baptized because the old covenant didn't tell them they needed to be baptized. Moses, Abraham, they weren't baptized because that wasn't even required, not even mentioned in the Old Testament. You won't find water baptism is not mentioned one time in the Old Testament. 
So if right. Moses and uh, a- Abraham and Adam and Eve didn't need to be baptized because the, the Old Testament didn't mention it or require it, can you see now why the thief on the cross didn't have to be baptized? Because you just said he lived under well, the Old I, Covenant. I, I see that because he didn't have a chance, but I'm I'm still under the impression that if I knock on somebody's door and I'm witnessing to somebody and they say, hey, I want to accept this Jesus as Lord and Savior, and he's 92 years old and before he can get baptized, uh, you're telling me that he has no chance of getting to heaven? I don't... Well, I don't, let's, let's finish what we were talking about, and I'll get to that. So the thief on okay. the cross lived under the Old Testament law. You answered my questions, and that's why he didn't have to be baptized. Hebrews nine sixteen and 17 says, For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. So there's an analogy being made here. My parents, Ken and Janine, made the rule out in the 1970s. But myself and my three brothers didn't inherit from my parents until both parents had died by the year 2010 because a last will and testament doesn't go into effect until after the death of the testator. Hebrews 9 is making it clear that that's the same thing with the New Testament. Jesus is the testator. His New Testament that requires water baptism didn't go into effect until after Jesus died. And that's the reason the thief on the cross didn't have to be baptized. Now listen to these verses, Wayne. Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That sounds like to me you got to both believe and be baptized to be saved. We also read Acts 22, 16. Now, that's talking about Paul, the Apostle Paul, his conversion. Remember, he believed on the road to Damascus, Acts 9, verses 6 through 8. But at least three days later, Ananias told him to arise and be baptized and wash away his sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So, Wayne, when were Paul's sins washed away? When he believed in Christ or when he was baptized well, three days later? Well, do you have any accounting of all of being baptized? Because I don't think it's in there. And then if you if you preach a sermon at my church, there was probably 30 conversions, and we're going to have baptism next week. So you're telling me that those 30 people that stood up and walked down the aisle – because all he says, if you deny me before my father, I'll deny well, well, or before men, I'll die, deny you. Well, every one of those except Wayne, me. And I don't think if they was killed in a bus wreck that every one of them would go to hell because well, they, Wayne, they did let me, the way let, the truth and life. But I know we're not – we're not um, – Because you can't it's not re- somebody Wayne, right Wayne, hold on. saved. Wayne, <laughs> I mean, let's look at Saul. That way. Saul believed on the road to Damascus. But three days later, he's told to be baptized to wash away his sins. That would right, mean his sins. Well, that would mean his sin. Well, Paul is the is is his conversion account is in the book of Acts three times. It's in there three times because it is the conversion. It is a conversion account that we're to pay attention to. Saul believed in the on the road to Damascus. At least three days later, he was still in his sins. That should tell us the answer to your question. Now, I already read Acts two thirty eight. Peter told well, some believers that, at Acts two thirty eight. Wayne, Wayne, how many of the apostles were baptized after Jesus's death? Counting of it, there's not one accounting Wayne, of those apostles. Wayne, that, and Wayne, Wayne, let me finish. In Acts two thirty eight, Peter told some believers to repent and be baptized. 
for the remission of sins. So if a person has to be baptized for the remission of sins, that would imply the same thing that we clearly saw in Acts twenty two sixteen that people's sins no, are not washed remission. away when they believe. Hold mean? on, they're not what washed away. Forgiveness is saying that means forgiveness. Means forgiveness. So a person's sins are not forgiven. They're not washed away. They're not remitted. That's the means the same thing as forgiveness until they're baptized according to Jesus in Mark 16, 16. According to Acts 22, 16, Paul's sins were not washed away when he believed, but when he was baptized. And according to Peter, when he said, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. That's pretty clear. William from Colorado, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. <laughs> How you doing, Patrick? I just have a short comment about the thief on the cross being baptized. I think that's irrelevant because if Jesus says you're going to be with me tonight in paradise, you're going to be in paradise. It doesn't matter if you're baptized or not. That's right. I guess that's right, but here's the thing. The thief yeah. on the cross, the thief on the cross didn't live. He died long before Jesus ever said, "He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved." So the requirement to be baptized to be saved People under the old covenant law didn't even have to be baptized for any reason. They weren't baptized in water. It wasn't in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, that's when you read about Mark 16, 16 in the Great Commission. That's when you read in 1 Peter 3, 21 that baptism saves us. That's when you read in Acts 22, 16 that baptism is when your sins are washed away by the blood of Christ. And that's when you read in Acts 2, 38 that you got to repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. The thief on the cross died long before those commands ever came into effect. Bev from Arkansas, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. So I have a question. I've been listening, and it seems to me that the gentleman had a simple question. If you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, and somehow you, are, you die and before you have an opportunity to be baptized, will you go to hell? And I understand you're quoting scripture saying that, Yes, that we need to be baptized, and I firmly believe that. However, I do believe that God is a gracious God, and he takes things into consideration, and he's not going to go, sorry, Joe, you died before you got to the baptism pool, and he's, you're going to go to hell. I don't believe that God is going to hold people to that letter of the law because he is a God of grace, and that's what the guy just wanted you to ask. And I was listening. I got so frustrated that you kept saying, "Don't you're not listening, you're not listening. But you didn't listen to what he was really asking you. So in Romans 10, verse 9, Bev says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall I believe in thy heart. You're not answering the question. I, I was about to answer me, your question. Let me answer the question. The same, no, you're quoting the same scripture you quoted to that Bev, gentleman. It, okay, I so I'm going to let you hang up so I can answer the question. So in Romans 10, 9, it says, And shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So that verse requires a person to believe in the resurrection of Christ to be saved. So if thou shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So you've got to believe in the resurrection of Jesus to be saved, according to Romans 10, 9. Right? Now, what happens to a person who believes in Christ? But he hasn't yet learned about the resurrection of Christ. He hasn't yet believed in the resurrection of Christ. Is God going to hold him, quote, to the letter of the law? Or is he going to be saved even though Romans 10, 9, and 10 says he has to 
believe in the resurrection of Christ to be saved. Here's the person that believes Christ is the Son of God, but he doesn't believe in the resurrection of Christ. Well, according to Romans 10, verse 9, he's not going to be saved, right? And according to Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Jesus says that if you believe, yet you don't baptize, you're not going to be saved. Now, that's the answer to the first caller's question. That's the answer to Bev's question, and I have answered it multiple times. You can either believe what Jesus said, that you've got to believe and be baptized to be saved, and a person then who believes but doesn't get baptized, he's not going to be saved, or you're calling Jesus a liar. If we say a person is saved without baptism, then we're calling Jesus a liar in Mark 16, 16. Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote practically half the New Testament books. As I said, his account of conversion is in the book of Acts three times. He believed in Jesus on the road to Damascus. At least three days later, he's told to be baptized to get his sins washed away. So his sins were not washed away when he believed. They were washed away when he was baptized. So that means if he had died between believing and being baptized, then he would have died with still in his sins. And in Acts 2.38, Peter told those believers, repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. So even though they were believers, they didn't have the remission of sins. They had to repent and be baptized to get the remission of sins. I think that's pretty clear. Mrs. Lang from Kentucky, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. I call to free the people today to tell you that if you have received the Lord Jesus Christ. So, is there any, should there be any doubt about this, that a person has to be baptized to be saved? 1 Peter 3.21 says, baptism doth also now save us. There's no way that God would tell us that baptism saves us if we didn't have to be baptized to be saved. Now, we were talking about sanctification. Let me read 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you are washed, but you are sanctified. There's our word. But you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Do you see from that passage how that these Corinthians used to practice these sins, but they quit in order to become a Christian? So when they made up their minds to live a sanctified or holy life, they were sanctified or forgiven, according to verse 11. So there we have our two aspects of sanctification. When a person repents and is baptized, he gets the remission of sins. The remission of sins, that's the first aspect of sanctification. That's God cleansing us of our sins. But when we repent and be baptized, the repentance is us committing to changing our life. That's going to be the pig that got washed staying out of the mud. That's up to us. We have to be holy according to 1 Peter 1, 16. We have to live holy. So God forgives us of all of our sins when we're baptized assuming we're believers and we have repented of our sins. And that's, we're completely clean, like that clean pig in Second Peter 2. Then it's up to us to stay out of the mud. We have to live that holy life. We have to live the sanctified life. Marlon from California, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Howdy, howdy, Pastor. Could you please elaborate, please, on the mystery revealed to Paul on Ephesians 3, 2 to 3, 6? And how that yeah. is it blended into what you're speaking of now, I'll hang up for the answer. Thank you for your call, Marlon. The, the mystery 
in other places is talking about one aspect of it is that the Gentiles could also be children of God. The Jews thought they, only Jews could be children of God. The mystery that's been revealed is that it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, black or white or anything. It doesn't matter where you're from. Anybody can become a Christian. That revelation, that was revealed to Paul in Ephesians verses, he says in verse, Ephesians 3, 3, the, the mystery was revealed unto him. He wrote it down in words so that when we read it, we may understand it. So when we read and study the Bible, we, we read and understand, we find out God's will for us today. We appreciate you listening to Bible Crossfire. Be sure and listen next week at the same time. If you'd like a free one hour phone Bible study with me at your convenience over the phone, call me or text me at 256-682-9753. 256-682-9753 if you want the free one-hour phone Bible study at your convenience. Thank you for listening.